Senator Doug Erickson joins us on the Todd Herman Show. <clears throat> Senator, welcome back. It's been a while. It's good to talk to you, Doug. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. It's been too long, and it is definitely the day the Lord has made in beautiful Whatcom County because it's beautiful outside here. So wonderful. It's so wonderful. I, I, I appreciate um, the, I think, more and more, Doug, people who openly share their faith. I think that folks have been shamed into not doing that. And I, I think that's, well, obviously the Bible tells us that's a bad idea to be shamed into that. But also I just think we should speak freely. So on that note, um, let me ask you, I observe our country and our state this way. I think we're in a death battle with communism. I think there are two domestic terror groups, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, that the party, that is the leftist, statist, technocrats, and all too many members of the media, are behind and allow them to roam freely, commit violence, uh, commit murders, political murders in the streets of Portland, and get away with it, amass hundreds of millions of dollars, um, and go completely unpunished. I think that is an example of the stakes that we face in this country. Um, Where do you and I differ on that? I don't think we do at all on that particular issue. And what's more crazy, in my humble opinion, is that you know they'll they'll go after every person. They'll go after every person wearing a Trump hat within a hundred miles of Washington D.C. on January sixth, but somehow they can't find the people that are lighting downtown Seattle and downtown Portland on fire. Right. Well, and I can help them because. Patrice Colliers, one of the, the, the co-founders of Black Lives Matter Incorporated, has just purchased a home in Topanga Canyon, California, for almost two million bucks. She just installed a fence outside there. So maybe if we just steered them in that direction, they could maybe go arrest uh, Patrice Colliers uh, for fomenting terrorism in the country. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing when you look at the priorities on, on what they're doing here. And I'm not saying it was OK to storm the Capitol on January 6th. I think those people should be held accountable. But I think it shows the arrogance of elected officials when their house gets attacked, they get upset. But when uh, small businesses are destroyed all throughout America, uh, no concern. And they let those perpetrators go. And they even start GoFundMe campaigns to get the people who commit those crimes out of jail. So, no, we, we are definitely at, at a time for choosing, as the great Ronald Reagan said in America today. We are. Uh, Doug Erickson's with us. He's a senator in Washington state. Um, is Jay Inslee, is he a part of this? Is Is he a part of allowing... Uh, Antifa to run wild. In fact, I'd add to that, Doug, the cartels in Washington state. I would ask, are Jay Inslee and Bob Ferguson, are they part of allowing this to occur? Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, by taking no action, they are definitely part of the problem. And we pushed them very hard last year to take action, uh, Bob Ferguson and Jay Inslee, to denounce the riots, to go after the chop, to arrest the people. And uh, they refused. And so by refusing to do so, yeah, they, they, they clearly are, are part of the problem by allowing unlawful acts to happen. So speaking of, I mean, of being unlawful, and I want to get to you, I know you want to talk about the future of the Republican Party. I have varying degrees of concern for that. Part of me doesn't care about the Republican Party at all. And then part of me understands because I'm a pragmatist, there's two parties and we have to pick one. Um, Doug, the, the speaking of unlawful acts, uh, has Jay Inslee, does he have blood on his hands for um, the increase in teen suicides and the, the lack of medical care people have undergone because of his selective, medically useless, politically advantageous, selective lockdowns? You know, that, that's a tough one to say, to, to, to accuse him of that particular action. But I do believe that the actions he has taken um, excessively when it comes to the COVID-19 response has had negative impacts on the youth of Washington State, on adults in Washington State who have lost their businesses. You know, what, what's worse than being a, 
a 45 to 50 year old person who loses their business can no longer pay the bills and take care of their family. So it leads to massive depression. You know what has happened because of this? And at the same time, my heart goes out to people that lost loved ones due to COVID. It's a real disease, but it didn't require the type of response that the governor did to enjoy his dictatorial powers. And you have to hold legislative Democrats just as responsible because they refuse to check and rein in the power of the governor also. Should the Republicans have participated at all in this last legislative session? I had J.T. Wilcox on. He's the House Republican leader. Um, I had I had your, your colleague, Senator Braun, on, who's the Republican leader in the Senate in Washington state. Um, I understand you guys did not want this this what I consider, Doug, to be an absolute sham of this remote session. I've talked to your colleague, Jesse Young, representative, who said he wasn't able to issue any floor uh, objections because he was on mute. Um, this appears to me to be a completely unconstitutional session. I had said to JT Wilcox, you guys should have absolutely showed up on the day it started and said, no, we're coming inside. We're not going to have our members locked outside. Was it a mistake to not take that action to say, nope, we're coming inside, try to stop us? Uh, in retrospect, yes, obviously. We, we just got through the most radicalized legislative session in the history of Washington State, all done behind a fence, all done behind closed doors, public locked out. And I actually ran the legislative opening day to say that, no, we're going to have just a emergency session to do a budget, adjourn within 30 days, and come back in September, October of this year once the crisis has passed so that people can be involved again. So I think the best thing we could do right now is to drop legislation that says an act uh, relating to deleting all bills passed since January 1 of 2021 would be the best thing for the people of Washington State. And we should have taken a firmer stance on it. We should have pushed back harder. Amen. Amen. I am in favor and I am asking people, particularly in Representative Young's legislative district, because Representative Young said on my program his ability to represent his constituents was harmed. He wanted to object. He was not allowed to object because he was on mute. This happens. It couldn't have been just to Representative Young. It had to happen in other cases. So I look at this and say this was not even a meeting of the legislature. Would you back a lawsuit to take this to what used to be the Washington State Supreme Court, really just the Seattle Supreme Court, and put it in front of them and say none of these laws are constitutional? Oh, absolutely. I think that would be a a great a great thing for all Republicans in leadership to take up right now because the legislative session was so bad and because people were denied access. In the Senate, Todd, it was the same thing. I could not go to the Senate floor. I could not stand up and make a motion to object. I couldn't stand up to make a motion to move an amendment. I was prohibited and banned from being on the Senate floor. I was actually kicked out of my legislative office a couple times, you know, simply for being in the building. And so obviously the average citizen could not come and petition their legislator face-to-face. They were blocked, banned, kicked out of the process. And uh, this complete ridiculousness the Democrats put out there saying, oh, you could watch it on TVW and participate via Zoom call is absolute garbage. And and they knew it, and they took advantage of it. And uh, I'd imagine they'll try to do the same thing again next year because it worked out very good for the the far left wing of the Democrat Party to jam through a radical agenda. No, couldn't agree more. And there's now a fence. Is there still a fence around Olympia? Are we still pretending that Olympia is under attack? Are we supposed to still pretend that's a threat? No, no. The, the, the fence came down about a month okay. after the legislative session. Oh, oh of right? course you know, it did. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> of course it did. Um, I have a whole series of questions. I know you want to talk about the future of the Republican Party. Uh, quickly before traffic, um, just real quick on this, Doug. Um, did Jay mm-hmm. Inslee have any 
any scientific backing for saying abortion clinics can be open, um, schools have to be shut, or was that complete nonsense? The complete partisanship. It was okay to buy a car in Idaho, not in Washington. You couldn't go fishing by yourself. You know, in the middle of the wilderness was also prohibited by Jay Inslee. So, no, no scientific backing for the way he, he picked and chose who got rewarded and who got punished under his COVID-19 response. I'm looking at uh, his obsession with putting mRNA injections into the arms of kids. Um, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at he still won't open the state. Uh, I knew he'd be the last to open it. He's such a good servant of the party. Senator Doug Erickson is with us. We'll talk about his vision for the future of the Republican Party after we check traffic with right-way traffic. Senator Doug Erickson is with us. Washington State continued to gut-check the Republican Party. So far, I'm really happy that Doug appears to get the stakes um, that, that are at play here. I had John Braun come on the program. John is new in Republican leadership. He's a senator. Um, he is the, in fact, Senate leader for the Republican Party in Washington State. And it's I recall the interview, uh, Doug, John Braun's uh, assertion to me was that the the future of the Republican Party is talking about properly funding schools and certainly not talking about um, urban crime until I browbeat him like three questions in. He finally said that might be a decent issue. I was dumbfounded by that interview. I've never met Senator Braun. That's the first time we've spoken. I was dumbfounded as well that he told me the big problem we're facing is the far right. And then he added the far left. Do you and Senator Braun see eye to eye on the future of the Republican Party being properly funding schools and and criticizing whatever the far right means? You know, I'm going to work with Senator Braun. John and I get along. He's a good person. He's, you know, a military veteran. He's an engineer um, in uh, in the Navy. So a good guy. But we don't see eye to eye on everything. We actually formed the Freedom Caucus in Olympia, a group of us that believe that we should be pushing back stronger and standing up and giving people a real choice between us and the Democrats. I think, Todd, what it comes down to me is, are there more people in Washington state who believe that we need to get rid of critical race theory in our schools and this ridiculously fraudulent 1619 project? Or are there more people that want that? Are there more people that want to defund the police or more people that want to stand up for the person that dials 911 and not stand up for the person who's breaking into their house? I think those are the issues we have to go out and talk to the public about, because right now they're getting a radical leftist agenda. And do they support that? Right. So, listen, here's here's a challenge for you. Make me care about the Republican Party. <laughs> Great question in Washington State. We have to be. No, no, I mean overall. Here. No, Doug, yeah. I, no, I mean overall. Make me care. Remember, I used to be the chief digital strategist for the RNC. Make me yeah. care about the Republican oh, yes. Party. Well, how do you do it? You have to reach out to those people. One of the things I say, Todd, is that, you know, when, when Rob McKenna ran for governor, he got about 48 percent of the vote. And after that election, I said, as we go and search for that next 3% to get to a majority, we cannot forget the 48% that just voted for us. So we have to stay true to our conservative roots as we go out there and expand our base. But again, there is a message that we can tell the people, and we just have to go out there and say, you know, we tell Idaho folks, are you going to stay and fight in Washington State, or are you going to try to move to Idaho? And we have to give them a clear vision they can support. And, and as you know, going back to Ronald Reagan, my two favorite people are Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump. You know, um, but when Reagan said you, you have to paint in bold colors, no, no pale pastels, we have to let people know that they have a real choice and give them a reason to show up to vote and actually stay in Washington and give them hope they won't be unarmed and their kids sent to school taught to hate America. And they need to know they have fighting for them on that those fronts. Yeah. You know, someone is talking to you from the state of Idaho. We moved over here. We did not know that Jay Inslee was going to uh, autocratically shut down selectively the state, shut down the schools. 
we're not in a position where we could have that with our daughter. Just was not in a position for that to happen. Yep. And now it's 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 almost two years later, Doug. Um, I have watched uh, the the perversion in our schools. You talked about the sixteen nineteen project. I agree with that. I agree that that is fiction. They're teaching racism in the schools. Um, Doug, I, I am telling people that they need to go into the schools. You tell me if this goes too far. You're a state senator. I'm a talk show host. My job's easier. Yours is harder. I love your dog. What's its name? I can hear it barking in the background. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. It happens. No, no, it happens to me all the time. Um, I'm telling people in the new school session, when we see these perverse pornographic sex ed topics in the school, like there's a handout teachers are given. If kids can't afford sex toys, here's how to use vegetables. We saw this handout from a middle school telling kids three separate times you don't need parental permission to get birth control. Telling kids who are 15 it's legal for you to have sex with an 11-year-old. I am suggesting that parents go into these meetings, go into these school board meetings, and say things like the following, and this is going to be rough language, Doug. Say things like this to teachers and administrators. Do you have sex toys at home? If so, when do you use them? And the reason I'm saying that, Doug, is that we need to make these people live in the world they're creating for us. Likewise, I call on every single white school board member to resign immediately and name a black replacement if not they're liars that's where i think we need to play the game doug and so maybe i am maybe i'm just far too extreme to ever be in professional politics but how do you respond to all that you know well my, my dream is i would like to see parents be able to vote with their feet to send the kids to the school that they want or to homeschool and have funding provided for them to be able yeah. to do that so the money should follow the child and i, I firmly believe you know, the way you can fix public schools in two weeks is to say every dollar will follow the child. If you're a parent and you want to move your kid to whatever school you want, schools will be fixed because those schools will want to keep the students there to get the money. Well, I, I, I really fault the, 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 the teachers' union in Washington State for becoming a radicalized element. There are lots of good teachers out there who feel you know, like they can't do their job the way they would like to because they feel threatened. They feel like they can't speak out. They feel like they'll be fired in this cancel culture society. And we have to give those people voices also. And, again, this is more of a legislative issue to me than directly a school board issue. And we need to lead from the legislature, and school boards uh, need to step up and stop doing that stuff. But if you let people vote with their feet, with the dollars, that's how you could fix public education immediately. Yeah. You bring up voting. Do you trust the voting system in Washington State? <sighs> okay, let me, let me get – I'm going to give you an, a question to answer your, 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 your question, which is if, if, if Kim Wyman – or any Republican who supports the current voting system, or any Democrat for that matter, I don't need to pick on Kim, um, can tell me who actually voted a ballot in Washington state, then I'll take back my election reform bill. I, I propose comprehensive election reform in Washington state because there is absolutely no way to know who votes an individual ballot, how many times a person votes in Washington state, absolutely no way to know that in a vote-by-mail system. So um, I don't think you, as I've studied election fraud, I don't think there's one big thing that happens for fraud. I think there's a hundred smaller things that can occur in election fraudulent. And I could go well, through the I, list with you right now, but we probably don't have time for it. Well, we do. I mean, we have like, I, mean, no, I know the list is very long. I look <laughs> at the dramatic moment, 4.30 in the morning, five states, first time in the history of the United States, they said, we're going to take a break from counting. 4.30 in the morning. And then all of a sudden things change. That's one aberration of many. But in our state, and I asked John Braun this because Senator Braun came on my program 
And he suggested that anybody who's concerned about the vote outcome is a wacko, that it's like complaining that the ref changed the game. I brought up Dina Rossi, and, and, and Senator Braun was really frustrated. He said, you're talking about 2004. I said, no, I'm asking a question. Have there been any substantive changes to elections since Dino Rossi had the election stolen. Even Rossi, Doug, and you know this, Dino Rossi's not a bomb thrower. He's a very, very responsible man. He has said that was fraud. The third count, the magic. Hey, I found some ballots in the trunk of my car, and it's just enough to give Chris Gregoire, the Democrat, the victory. Doug, have there been any substantive changes to make elections more secure after Rossi had that stolen from him? Um, there was one attempt, and that was to try to clean up the voter rolls, which was an attempt to try to make it um, a more fair system. But, but Todd, we've gone the opposite direction. I mean, it's easier to cheat in Washington State now than it was under the Rossi. Rossi was still back in the days when you had poll voting, where people would still go to the polls and vote, and you would have absentees. So in today's vote-by-mail, same-day registration, move your voter registration to targeted districts, let me give you a quick example of how it's gotten worse. Here in Washington State now, people in downtown Seattle can transfer their voter registration to a targeted legislative race in a swing district just to vote. And they can make up an address. They can fraudulently go in there and say, I'm living at this address. Move their registration a couple days before the election to the targeted place where they want to be able to vote. It's just crazy. It has to be like eight days before. Let me, let me be accurate. So for you can do it electronically, I believe, like eight days before the election, after eight, eight person to move your voter registration. So the wow. Democrats, right, I believe, are doing this in Washington state to, to move their army of people out of downtown Seattle, where they probably got a pretty good stranglehold in Frank Chop's district still. Right. And they can yep. move those people, a couple thousand here, a couple hundred there. You know, um, you can turn in a legislative election with uh, 500 votes. Well, listen to what Doug Erickson said, everybody. Doug, um, we're good. We, we will have to run. But, uh, courtesy of the great, uh, beloved, late Rush Limbaugh, we've got a huge podcast audience. And, folks, you just heard Senator Erickson describe what mail-in voting looks like under the party and how it metastasizes. Doug, it's been a pleasure to have you on. How do people reach out to you if they want to support what you're trying to do for this country in Washington State? Well, you can always reach out to my, my legislative office. You know, if you have concerns about uh, policies and bills that are going on, if you, uh, you know, want to talk to me about uh, non-legislative stuff in the arena that we're doing that doesn't take taxpayer dollars, so to speak, and we have that strong firm wall, it's uh, DougErickson.com is, is the webpage. Really appreciate you coming on on this day the Lord has made. Go with God's good grace, Senator. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate it.